0: Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go,
1: Ghostbusters.
2: And the honesty. What's up, Nine? My nipples. It's freezing out there. <laughs> because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not
1: 1985 right now, but who
2: knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in L.A., or should I say Brad in Hollywood. (laughs) I thought you were going to do that. I knew it. It's almost like I could see into the future. Today on the podcast, we talked to two filmmakers who are about to give us a sci-fi movie inspired by some classics in the 80s that will blow your minds. It's time for our talk with the directors of Time Trap. There's
0: something down there, and they have a radio.
2: Professor Hopper? This is Taylor, we're here to get you out of here. Kara? Taylor?
3: Who is this? Taylor, help me. Professor Hopper? Is that you?
1: stuck in the 80s as a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile application.
2: Say it with me now, everyone together. We've only done this like for 50 straight weeks. And don't forget to listen to the podcast on the CLNS Media website. You can find it at everyone at once, anyone, clnsmedia.com. And as always, we plead Please, if you love our show, share the links on social media And don't forget to like our page on Facebook And follow us on Twitter
0: Time is passing differently down here than it is on the surface
1: What?
2: It's the sun Rising and setting It's the only way that Furby's tape Was days
3: ahead of ours Even though we all came in at the same time
1: What? How long have we been down here for? I have a
3: date this weekend. weekend Seriously?
0: We've been here weeks, maybe months already
2: so Brad, uh, Brad did not join me for this amazing interview. Ben Foster and Mark Dennis are the co-directors of Time Trap, and Mark also wrote, wrote the screenplay. This movie is coming out in theaters on November second and on digital on November thirteenth. Let me tell you, Brad, how I described the movie to them. Okay,
1: and well, yeah, what was their response? So yeah,
2: me. yeah, I uh, I I told him I said, look, I've, I've when I tell friends about this movie. Here, Steve goes into his Whisper voice again. Whisper mode. (laughs) Guys, when I tell people about Time Trap, here's what I say. I always try to do is a 30-second elevator pitch. But if I had to, I'd say it's H.G. Wells meets Land of the Lost as directed by Steven Spielberg. And they loved that. Of course they did. You compared them to Spielberg. Well, what are they going to do, too? I love it. it. Yeah, exactly. That's it. We hate the 80s. We're not releasing the movie (laughs) anymore you've hit us once too often spearsy it's like how do you even know my nickname i haven't even talked to you yet anyway so time trap is a movie that came to our attention we heard that the filmmakers had a a strong influence from the 80s and movies like back to the future and movies like terminator 2 they talk about as being one of their favorite movies not an 80s movie but obviously from the 80s franchise
1: would you say that they had an unhealthy obsession with the decade
2: I think I think you and I have an unhealthy relationship with uh, the decade.
1: If they do, then we should have them on more often.
2: <laughs> They're great. They really were. They're a lot of fun to talk to. Ben and Mark met at the University of Texas in their first film class when they both noticed they were wearing nearly identical Back to the Future t shirts on the same day. So it was nice. meant to be. Yeah, yeah. Time trap is this it's it's a weird Strange movie in the sense that it starts off and you're like okay you know i'm 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 with it it's filming in it's set in the the cave country of Texas yeah and where a group of kids go searching for their archaeology archaeology professor who is looking for a group of hippies that disappeared a few decades ago
1: I, I couldn't and, figure out this one thing Steve there are all these archaeology students and professors I didn't see one whip <laughs>
2: It's because they exchanged it for the idol.
1: Oh, throw me the idol. I'll throw you the whip. Okay. Got it.
2: So, uh, that was good though. Very smart thinking. The movie goes from like zero to 60 at about like the 10 or 15 minute mark where suddenly they're all in this cave and weird shit starts to happen. Uh, yeah. Apparently, and, and I don't want to give away the ending. That's it's, what's really important here is like the last 30 minutes of this movie, I cannot give away because it will ruin it for you, and you won't. And you'll still want to see it, but then you'll be pissed off that I told you what it was. And you won't th- speak to us? But if you see the trailer, you'll know that what's obviously going on here is that time passes much more slowly in the cave than it does above. Right. And hijinks ensue. <laughs> <laughs> and not not in a comedic scooby doo sort of way you know more in a uh, demented uh kind of death and destruction and and just all around you know strangeness it's pretty wacky it's pretty yeah, it's, wacky. it's it's fun it is a fun movie when i watched it at about at about the 20 minute mark i'm like oh god i'm in i can't i can't turn it off now But uh, a lot of people agree with that. It won several festival awards, including the Special Jury Prize at the Houston International Film Festival. It won the Audience Award at the Hill Country Film Festival. And the Hollywood Film Festival's Most Innovative Feature Award. So it is definitely worth your time. The interview is going to be fun Ben and Mark are, are two funny guys who really enjoy talking uh, about movies in general. And a lot of times, there's, there's probably about 20 minutes of this interview on the cutting room floor where, where we just talk about great movies that we love and why we love movies and stuff like that. Some of it's in the interview. Some of it's not. Some of it's just for me. But uh, sit back and enjoy our conversation with Ben Foster and Mark Dennis from Time Trap. Uh, ben Foster and Mark Dennis, welcome to the Stuck in the East podcast. How are you guys doing tonight?
0: Well, we're doing good. Doing great.
3: Thanks for having us.
2: Yeah. Well, we're here today because your new movie, Time Trap, is coming out, and I watched it the other night, and um, I, 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 I loved it. Let me say that first of all, but uh, I've been trying to describe it to my friends, and they always kind of insist on the 30-second elevator pitch version of any review I want to give. So I, I, I boiled it down to, and, and don't be offended by this, because I... I mean, this is a high compliment. It's H. G. Wells meets Land of the Lost as directed by Steven Spielberg.
0: I
3: love that. I don't think that's an insult at all. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's
2: awesome. Uh, Mark, you wrote Time Trap. How did the story come to you? Um,
3: Do you want me to to give you my elevator pitch or our elevator pitch? Yeah, yeah. If you have one, okay. Sure. Yeah. um, We we have to do this all the time. It's uh, it's about a group of archaeology students who go looking for their missing professor who has gone looking for the Fountain of Youth. And they go down into this mysterious cave, trying to find him. And when they get when they get in there, they become trapped. And they discover that time passes differently inside the cave than it does on the surface. Hijinks ensue. <laughs> um, how did uh, the idea came out? We were trying to make this other movie called Enduro, and we were sending um, offers to actors like Billy Bob Thornton and Pierce Brosnan, and trying to get them to sign on so that we could do some foreign presales and raise some more of the more of the money for the movie. And we would send a, we would send a offer to one of these guys and we'd have to wait like two weeks to hear back. And I think we sent one to Billy Bob Thornton. He said no and then we sent one to Pierce Brosnan and I remember just thinking, God, we have to wait another two weeks. This is man, I just wanna know what my life is gonna be. I just wanna know, are we gonna make this movie? Do we are we gonna, you know, never get anything made? And I remember thinking if I could just go forward two weeks and find out the answer to that, I'd I'd be set. And I was I was actually in Ben's bedroom. He was out of town. I was I was standing there, and I remember thinking, if I could just step into his closet and and fast forward, that'd be awesome. And I thought, oh, that's a cool concept for a movie. Um, but it didn't make sense to do time closet. So uh, being from the Texas Hill Country, where there's caves everywhere, and you gro- you grow up going to caves and going to you know even field trips from school, you end up going to like Natural Bridge Caverns or the cave without a name, all the local caves. I think it just kind of got implanted into my subconscious to eventually one day. Make a cave movie, and the scariest movie I've ever seen is *The Descent*. Uh, when I saw that, I was just absolutely terrified. So I think some of some of this is uh, is paying homage to that with uh, a bunch of chicks going down into a cave, and we don't have the the same kind of monsters, but we we definitely have a little bit of the the scariness.
2: Right. I've I've heard that uh, some of the classic time travel and sci-fi movies of the '80s were. An inspiration to both of you on this. Um, there's even a nice Goonies reference in there when you describe uh, Furby. Um, so I'm curious. In the in the 80s, you guys were still in school—high school, middle school, elementary school.
3: Elementary school for me. Um, I was I was born '82. Ben's '84. So we were yeah we were elementary school during the 80s. But that that time period of our lives was all of those movies are the ones that we went to see, you know, in the in the theater, and then when. VHS and DVD came out, they were the ones that we watched on repeat. And that probably is why, that's probably why those are means such a, uh, so much more to us because we were constantly watching 80s movies um, whenever we were learning that we wanted to be filmmakers.
2: The 80s was full of so many movies that had time travel as, or time space continuum issues as a plot line. Uh, What is so attractive about that in filmmaking and storytelling?
0: I think just. I I would say that no. Well, I I was just gonna say that you can you can do so much with it. You can go you can go anywhere, and some of the, some of the best stories are always fish out of water stories. And the ultimate fish out of water is somebody that's out of their own time. And we've got a few of those in Time Trap.
3: I would say that I think it's a it's like an adrenaline shot to your imagination because we can we can picture. So many different things about what our life would be like if we went in these different directions and we could picture how our life would be different had we done something else you know like uh, it's a wonderful life and I think that's why time tra- time travel is such a relatable idea because we all wish that we could change something or we all wish that we could see our future or see a future and potentially change it as needed I think it's a universal um,
0: universal desire
2: what what are these movies in particular with a time uh, travel aspect? Really made a mark on you during those years.
0: Well, I grew up loving Back to the Future. I mean, that's that's the sort of ultimate time travel movie. I think I think anyway. I never I never got into like to Bill and Ted that much, um, but it because it was just not as uh, I don't know. It didn't have that Spielbergian kind of uh, adventure to it in the in the same way. Like there's something there's a life lesson to walk away from uh, with Back to the Future or, or Interstellar has a lot of time travel stuff to it. Um, I don't know. It makes you think about your place. Your pl- the existential crisis in the movie crosses over into into my own life when I watch those those movies.
2: Well, I mean that's that's sort of the whole gig here at Stuck in the Eighties. Is like for thirteen years I've been talking about a ten year slice of my life over and over again. <laughs> right. You know, and we 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 even have a segment segment called uh, podcast time machine where people write in stories and and tell us if if we gave you a key to a time machine, what would how would you use it? What what event in the eighties would you go back and change? And we get these ridiculous, I mean amazing stories of like heartbreak and devastation and all this stuff. And if I just said that I liked her, if I just kissed her that night, it would have all been different, you know? Instead I live in Flint, Michigan, and my life sucks. <laughs> well
3: it's because 'cause they're thirsty.
2: What <laughs> one of my disappointments with movies or or I, maybe the lazier movies is that I can usually figure out where things are going next and where things are going to end up. And then once I kind of do that, I sort of lose my connection to the movie. But with time trap, there's this weird, I don't know if this is intentional that you guys wrote it this way, you, that you staged it and wrote it this way. But I feel like as I'm watching it, I'm trapped in the cave myself and I only uncover things at the split second that the characters do. And and that it becomes sort of a roller coaster and it just starts gaining speed and gaining speed towards the end. Was was that intentional almost to make the audience practically uh Participants in the in the travel.
3: I think it's actually because the because the movie follows a rule, which is once you go in, you basically pause, and the outside world continues going. I think once you start to follow that idea, there's only so many ways that it could go. Eventually, we're gonna we're gonna go you know so far into the future, and if you start thinking about if these kids go into this cave and they're you know much further into the future, you have to think, okay, so who came in before them? Well anybody who came in before them could have been from 50 years ago they could be from 200 years ago they could be from 10,000 years ago and once you have just that general idea of of the cave is basically a pause button it's sort of I don't want to say it writes itself but it kind of it limits you in a way to what it can be but the the things that it can be are all very interesting and that's how that's how the the, the story was written
2: My my uh, podcast co-host watched the movie for the first time last night and he, he's been obsessed all day with trying to figure out how many years pass above every hour as they're in the cave. And he's come to the scientific, he's an engineer. He's come to the conclusion that 900 years pass with every hour inside the cave.
0: Maybe I'd have to, I'd have to um, get a calculator, but I think what we've, what we've figured out is uh, it's about seven seconds per year. Um, I think it's three and a half. Isn't it? No, three and it's a half? three and a half between the solstice. We did this one time.
3: We, we actually – we did a cut of the movie and, and realized, oh, we should probably make sure that we have an answer in case we're on a podcast someday and somebody <laughs> asks us. And, and no, I'm saying we, we, we did all the math to make sure that it made sense because we knew people were going to call us out during Q&As and call us out in interviews. And we have since forgotten what the answer was, but I think well, that's I mean, right. You can,
0: you can tell just by looking at the thing. I mean 900 uh, – what is it? 900 years per hour? Is that what he said? 900 I
2: mean, that, years per hour. Yeah. That, that
0: seems sounds like that right. I mean, that's right. what we, we know it's thousands of years. I mean, this is a spoiler alert, but we know it's thousands of years, uh, by the time they're at the end of the movie. So I think, I think they're in the cave for what? Like four no, that's years. The spoiler. I don't know.
2: I, I, I don't want to, I've been, I've been, I'm going to try to be real careful and not give away any part of the no. second half of the movie, because if you do, it just, you know, it's like telling people what's at the end of space mountain. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so what so you've been you've been this movie has been has gone around and it's been in some film festivals right and you've been showing it in to some audiences what i mean what what are, what are people saying in general about it what are people coming up to you and asking you afterwards aside from the uh, the how many years pass in a second
3: there's like 10 questions that they ask us and we've we've gotten used to answering them and kind of come up with clever answers to make them more entertaining for ourselves and for the audience people always want to know the budget that no seriously like they, they it's w- when we first did a Q&A for this we didn't know what people were going to ask, and they would they would ask the budget. And we would kind of give them an answer, and then we started to figure out, okay, let's make the Q&A more fun and make it kind of a, a stand-up comedy routine. And for those 10 answers, we've, we've figured out how to make it more interesting. Even if it's not entirely true, people know that it's not true, and they get that we're just kind of joking with them and saying, oh, it's none of your business what the budget is. Um, but it's usually what's the budget? Uh, how did you get the idea? What's it like to uh, co-direct? Um, what's it like shooting in a cave? Ben, what else do they ask us?
0: Uh, I don't know. What did we shoot on? Uh, yeah. Where were the caves? Oh, the, caves they to know what oh, the, the dog. dog. That's right. Yeah,
2: that's the big one. Oh yeah, the dog. Yeah, I did kind of think about that.
0: He's- <laughs> we won't.
3: Oh, we shouldn't answer. We-, <laughs> we won't answer that. I guess Ben did. Um, yeah, the I'll bleep is- it. I'll bleep it <laughs> oh, out. Yeah, just put a big bleep right. right
0: there. The,
3: uh, the caves are are in several places. We shot at the caverns of Sonora, which is just uh, up by Ten. In in Sonora, Texas, it's voted the most beautiful show cave in the world. We shot there for four days. Uh, ben had a friend who had a cave on his property that we shot at for two months, and that was. Uh, we originally told him we would have like twenty crew members and no more than five cars, and it just we exploded. We had way too many people that we needed to come in, and his property turned into a massive parking lot, and we stayed way longer than we thought. But you know, the movie got finished. We also shot at a quarry in Round Rock near near Austin. And then we shot at the old Bronson Cave in um, Bronson Canyon in Hollywood, where they shot the Adam West Batman series. So when Hopper goes into that cave, that's the Batcave.
2: Oh, nice! There's some nice trivia for you. So, so there's no there's no sets. This is I mean everything was shot in an actual. Cave.
0: There's a few interesting stuff. You know, we went through for iTunes. We're doing our all of our iTunes extras and looked at behind the scenes footage and, and some uh, some photos and we found a few shots where we had built, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's this thing called black wrap that you use on a film set and you kind of, you know, mold it around lights and it's, it's essentially aluminum foil. And, you know, we saw all of our old photos from some pickup shots where, uh, we just painted black wrap and made a little aluminum foil room, uh, fake rock. And that's the only, that's really the only set that we built, uh, at least outside of a cave to shoot the movie but there's a lot of sets in that we built inside of the cave so that whole fountain uh that that Taylor gets dragged into and the boulder that she's standing on top of before she makes her her climb up and a lot of that wall that she's climbing up we just we found these caves that worked and then we augmented them uh you know with foam rocks and and all kinds of stuff and plaster
2: i have to ask because the movie ends and again i'm not going to give it away to people but it ends on a note where you're like there's got to be a part two. I mean, I got to know what happens next. I mean, what did you, do you have in mind the idea to to somehow continue the story or was it meant to sort of be like, no, that's how we want to leave it with you. We want you to, we want you to walk away and wonder about the possibilities.
3: Well, so there's two answers. The first answer is we were so tired of making it that we had it in the way that it does so that we would, that people would think, oh, there's no way that they could make a part two because of what happens. And, Apparently that didn't work because everybody asks if there's going to be a sequel. They're like, "When's where's what's the sequel? Where's the sequel? When are we going to see it?" And the answer to that question is um, about a year ago. We were talking to a, a television studio about making it into a limited series that kind of fell apart, um, but it it gave us some really great ideas for mapping out like a a longer a longer story for these guys. And if it and if it winds up being successful, if enough people. If enough people watch it, we you know we might be able to do that someday. Uh, we just have to get the word out and have people find out about it. But if it is a, a limited series, it'll be uh, very yeah, very cool. That's awesome. You'll, you'll love it. It's way cooler than the movie. You,
2: if if you could actually be here, you would have seen me waving my arms as you're answering that question <laughs> because my next thing was going to be, wouldn't wouldn't this have worked so well as like a ten part series on on Hulu or or Amazon Prime and or or wouldn't the next part work so well as that? So it's like the fact that it, you guys are kind of thinking the same way as nice man
3: it almost happened we were we thought for a while that it was going to happen we were going to uh shoot it in mexico and and i don't know i think we got i don't know how close we came to it but it was enough to make us realize we should continue to pursue the idea in the the world
2: does that does that medium is that attractive to you the idea of Doing a, a ten-part series for for streaming versus doing a you know a, a feature film.
3: It wasn't until I'd seen True Detective, and I think once I saw True Detective, I realized that you could make something amazing and cinematic in a in a long form. You don't have to narrow it down to two well, or and, three hours. Before that, I would never have wanted to do it. And TV you can though.
0: spend time with those characters and, and get and get to know them better instead of have to blast them through. You know the insane ideas of the cave. Yeah, you, know, you can take you can take the eight episodes yeah. and really do something something there too.
2: It just it just seems to be such a trend these days in Hollywood is is I mean you even had uh, you know the, the the Karate Kid comes back as Cobra Kai yeah. with ten episodes and so you finally get to understand you know why Johnny's such an asshole you know and and stuff like that so I, to me it just seems like it would be appealing but I, at the same point I can understand why you know it's maybe it's using a different set of muscles from a from a filmmaking standpoint.
0: There's just so much to this idea in that cave that I think, um, I think it would kind of be the ultimate way to tell this story anyway. In this case, I don't think everything is like that. I keep wanting to, I keep wanting to like say something about the movie and then talk about the pirate ship just to
3: mess with people. But I realize that then <laughs> the, the people who there's no pirate, there's no pirate ship in it. If you're listening, but I just keep thinking that if I say something like that, people are going to watch it looking for be pirate so disappointed. Ship and realize that we were just messing with. Yeah, they're going to be like, this isn't a Goonies ripoff after all. Like, it's-
2: speaking of Cobra Kai and stuff like that, what is it about 80s movies in general that make them such targets for remakes and sequels these days in Hollywood?
3: I think it's because the idea is is the main thing. Whereas when you go into the 90s, it starts to turn into the special effects and you or you know digital effects, and it, a lot of that is real hokey and it's hard to it's hard to buy it. But back in the 80s, they were still doing everything practically. And it, I mean, it didn't look perfect, but back then when you watched something, you didn't really notice that it was imperfect because you, you just, it was the coolest thing that had happened since ever. As you get into the nineties and the two thousands, the effects become so good that the 80s stuff didn't look as great, but the idea was still really big and you, 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 everything is centered around the idea. And but not they're the all effects. coming back
0: today because, uh, there's an audience for it and there's, you know, the people that are that are our age and you know, forties and fifties, they want to relive the things that inspired them and excited them when they were young. And I think that's why they're able to come back Yeah, and take, and their, take their kid and give them a taste of it. I mean, that's a big part of the star Wars thing. And I think you know, a lot of people are walking away crushed from that stuff, but
3: people are always knocking. They're always knocking remakes and saying, Oh, I wish they'd just leave it alone. And maybe they maybe always you show like up. That. For my, them. my thing is it if, if yeah, they do. But if, if you like something a lot, Even if somebody remakes it and makes it terrible, the original is still the original. It's still enjoyable, and somebody screwed something else up later, but it's still fun to see that world again. And I would rather take that world... I would rather see that world and it be ruined than never see that world again because it's so great to be able to go back to that uh, original Well, that's my favorite thing about
0: the new Terminator that Cameron's doing right now. He's just going to do Terminator 3 and pretend like they didn't fuck up the other ones since he made his. (laughs) That's what I heard. Is that I heard true? He's just going to call it Terminator yeah. Three. That's, that's fucking great. Yeah. What? That's,
2: I've oh heard the same God. thing. The ultimate so dick
0: move. It's great.
2: Yeah, that's always my take on Hollywood too. Is that um, you make you remake uh, Ghostbusters now? You not only get the fifty-year-olds who saw it for the first time in the theater, but you get their kids yeah. who get dragged along because they're into the the new cast and and stuff like that. So yeah, but. Rarely ever is the, the, the sequel or the remake just as good. And Ghostbusters I think is one of those perfect examples of one movie that just was just awful, awful as a remake. Yeah. But but you're right, it doesn't ruin it takes nothing away from the original.
0: Yeah. And you know and it could I mean Rogue One was a great uh, addition to the Star Wars thing because they didn't they didn't try to get into the Skywalker thing and, and mess with any of that. They and, and it felt like, you know, Empire Strikes Back, like everything felt like an eighties. Visual effect, a lot of it. I thought so. You know, they didn't try to, to yeah, young it up to too, much. It too much, right? Exactly.
2: You guys, you guys worked together before on uh, Strings, the movie Strings back in twenty eleven, and I, I meant I mentioned to you guys before we started recording. I've, I've been watching that right now. What is it about the partnership between you that works so well?
3: I think we're so different, and we grew up with uh, very different, um, different kind of you know family dynamics and in, in, in different areas. But we still we still share a love for the same kinds of movies. Ben and I met on the first day of film school at the University of Texas. We were both wearing Back to the Future shirts. And we walked out of this giant auditorium with like 300 kids in it. And we saw each other wearing the same shirt. And we we're like, hey, cool shirt. Yeah, you too. And we were just like, you know, what an asshole. Like we didn't like each other immediately. We didn't realize this until much later. I want to say years later, we, we were talking about it. and We realized, oh, you were the guy that I talked to. But I think it's it's just having one thing in common, more than anything else, which is really loving the same kinds of movies, and that's probably I think that's why it works. And
0: well, and you know I feel like where where you are weak, I'm strong, and where I'm strong, you're weak. Wait on did I just do the both the same? That's it. I forgot about Um, that.
3: No, no, no. I, I was thinking that, but I never said that part of the answer because I forgot what I was talking about. I saw my neighbor walk by in a Speedo and I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, and it is not a beautiful woman. It is a big 60-year-old man who should not be wearing a Speedo. Um, ben Ben is great with organization and being responsible and figuring ideas out. Like If I would take a script to our screenwriting class in college and our, our professor would be like, yeah, it's cool, but there's no way you could make it. Ben was like, uh, no, we're going to make it. And we made it. And I think that, um, complementing each other's, you know, strengths and weaknesses is, is where well, it's at and, and there
0: being two of us, you know, because this is making a movie is one of the most stressful things that you can do and being on set, uh, you know, doing a, a high concept movie with no money is even makes it even worse. And, you know, there's times on set where we're, one of us is just fried and we're done and we can just look at each other and be like, all right, I'm leaving for 10 minutes. Good luck. Tell them the the wedding thing. The, what you how you describe it to people about planning a wedding? Oh yeah, it's like it's yeah, it's like planning a wedding except it's twenty seven days long and each day is different and you've never done it before. You know, a wedding a wedding it takes they spend so much time planning these things and it's the same exact day. Like I, I got married in in February and the wedding planners have no idea how easy they have it, <laughs> but they like to make it act they like to act like it's hard.
3: The movie is a 70 person wedding a 70 person wedding every day for a month in different locations with like every, uh, timed completely differently and somebody's always mad yeah. well actually it's bridezilla weddings, and
0: groomzilla i mean that's your whole your whole cast or somebody you know, somebody depending on the days flipping out
2: so there's your 30 second pitch for a career in uh yeah have filmmaking. fun <laughs>
0: don't do it
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay big finale question here uh, if I gave each of you a key to a time machine, what specifically would you do with it? And yes you can have a joke answer and then you have to give me a serious answer. Uh,
0: I think my s I think I would do machine. the almanac thing. I think Back to the Future 2's got it right. You will get the sports almanac. I think and you I win. Would... You get to come back, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean it, it works exactly as you as you think it does. As you want it to. I think I
3: would I would be real simple. I would just get whatever those lottery numbers were the other day from that South Carolina person and just find out what they were. I mean, I Mark money and I both just try to get problems, rich. But it would sure be nice. <laughs> yeah, like we could make every – the thing is, is we just want to keep making movies. And if we could just pay for them ourselves, that would be fine. Like we, I mean, we're in our 30s. We could probably – if we had a million – I'm sorry, a billion dollars, we could easily make movies for the rest of our lives and never need anything else. And that would be fine with me
0: yeah i'm with you
2: and you can finally give me the the 10 the 10 episode series on (laughs) amazon prime that uh, i want so badly for as time travel as time travel too that works for me hey guys this has been great i've really enjoyed having you uh best of luck on time travel thanks
0: man thanks for having us thanks for having us on man
2: it's been fun there we go what do you think brad
1: uh, that's a good interview. Those are inter- those are fun guys. I kind of am curious to see the other movie that they made after seeing this.
2: Strings. I I've watching it down. I've been watching it downstairs on uh iTunes. Yeah. Uh it is <laughs> When we first got when I first got on the phone with them, I told them I'm, I'm watching Strings right now but I'm only halfway through. I said I had to turn it off last night cuz it's so dark. And I'm like, "Oh, what 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 scene did you turn it off at?" I'm like, "You know, where where he leaves his girlfriend and he's walking down the hallway." They're like, "Oh, it completely turns <laughs> five minutes from there, and it, like you won't be. Uh, from what I've heard, Strings is a lot like Time Trap in the sense that the last like two minutes of it is just like what?
1: Yeah, I I, f- I forget what I sent you at the very end, but I was like, there's a lot of emotional baggage packed in the last thirty seconds of this movie. I have uh, the
2: text here. I read them your text. Oh, they were they were impressed. They're also impressed that you were able to figure out that how many years pass above while they're every hour down in the cave.
1: That's just the kind of guy I am. They were really impressed. Well,
2: are they hiring? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, you said, you know, last one minute of film, W O W.
1: So I, I really enjoyed this. I kind of, you know, you had, you kind of, I could tell you were, you had enjoyed it more than maybe you would have normally let on because <laughs> You were asking me like three times a day. Have you seen it yet? Have you seen it yet? <laughs> no, dude, I'm at work. Like, I can't watch <laughs> yeah. No, I was really tired from, you know, being at this trade show all day. Have you seen it yet? Have you seen it? I'm like, I'm going to watch it. I promise. So, yeah, I watched it last night. As I've said before on other shows, I always kind of keep a running notes file open so I can just write yeah, stuff down. me too. Yeah. And the first thing I have here is going into a cave alone. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> um, but they bring then- a rope. That's right. The next one is, dude, that's not a Jeep. That's a Land Rover. I'm in love. I love that truck. I want that truck. Then, okay, this movie is freaking me out. I'm covered in goosebumps. Uh, yeah. At some point, I wrote, what the actual <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what was happening at that point. So, yeah, so yeah. I enjoyed it. Definitely kept
2: my attention. Yeah, it is, and it's you could see the '80s influence as you go through it. I mean, it's like I said, it's there are elements of the time machine from H.G. Wells. There's definitely a, a few Land of the Lost moments, and there's this nod. There's even like a little a, a throwaway line to about the Goonies in there. Yes, and- <laughs> I did think about that because it said,
1: you know, the line from the Goonies: "Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here.
2: Up there, it's their time." It is good. It, these guys really had a love of eighties movies. They grew up watching them. They're, it's part of their DNA, just like it is ours, and uh, it shows in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Hims Skincare. <laughs> Have you ever looked at a photo of yourself from five years ago and thought, damn, I look like I've drank too much wild turkey? <laughs> Actually, yes. That happens to me all the time. Along with the question, why did this guy move to Orlando? <laughs> anyway, him's skincare is the answer to all my problems. It is the thing I can do to fight against aging, and it's staring me right in the face. com. It's a one-stop shop for skincare, hair loss, sexual wear- awareness, awareness, awareness. I'm doing it again. You know, I, I break down at this at this at this part of the ad every time. It's like the skip. It's like the skip in REO Speedwagon's "High Infidelity." Steve, Steve, technically nothing is staring you in the face. You are listening to a podcast, but uh, later on today when you're thinking about all the better ways you could have spent a half hour today and listened to Spears mispronounced words, you can call up your web browser and check this out, dot While you're there, check out the Hymns Anti-Aging Kit, which I'm pretty sure includes a spritz of club soda with a twist of lime. Ooh. Either that or it's a custom prescription cream tailored to your skin that can help keep your skin looking great by reducing the appearance of wrinkles and fine lines. The secret is, Brad pronounces this word. tretinoin. Tritanoin. Tretinoin. <laughs> Tretanoin. Tretinoin. And it is apparently backed up by science. Real science. Not weird science. Take seconds to apply and you don't have to visit some fancy dermatologist or pay high prices to get it. it you yours
1: with a Pershing missile in your bedroom.
2: <laughs> yes. Neither should you be wearing bras on your head. Well, I don't know. That might help with the lifting problem. The end might justify the means. Yes. You know, in the 80s, it always did. Uh, do you want to be a face in the crowd or the face in the crowd? Sidebar here. Why do I have to be in a crowd? I'm kind of a loner. I think most people know this by now. Anyway, order now and save $20 off your first month of Hims anti-aging kit. Go to 4 slash 80s care. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash 80s, s care. That's 4hims.com slash 80s care. If I say it one more time, I'll trigger another schism in the time-space continuum, and that's not good. Support 4 because they support Stuck in the 80s. And we're back. We have a few more minutes to talk about Time Trap. One of the questions I asked them was about, you know, is there going to be a sequel? <laughs> and they, they 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 were kind of like, well, you know, it's kind of there's obviously room for one. And they they talked about the idea that there was some interest at one point, and maybe there will be again, depending on how the movie does, about doing a episodic series on streaming services, which yeah. is perfect. There's a lot there. Yeah, right. And I mean, they love the idea. It's just a matter of you know is the entertainment audience out there for it. So go see the movie or rent the movie on streaming services and cast your vote, as you will, for time. travel. Mm, vote with uh, your dollars. One of the, one of the more interesting things I thought was I, I had to ask him because, you know, it's not too often. I don't think I've ever talked to directors before. Well, no, that's not true. I have. I talked to Steve pink, um, at one point when he that's did right. hot tub time machine, but I asked, him what's the theme? I, um, uh, I asked them, you know, why Hollywood is so gung-ho to make remakes about of our 80s classics. I really didn't know what they were going to say. And I thought their answer was kind of interesting, which was that, you know, let them do it. You know, it, gets, it gives people a chance to relive something from their past, and it doesn't diminish the original property. And I thought right. that was an interesting point. Like, it doesn't diminish. The new Ghostbusters sucks. But it doesn't take – it doesn't diminish the original movie. It doesn't. Yeah. They, they
1: don't run around and delete all the old copies.
2: Right. It's not taking yeah. their mojo or anything. So it's like
1: – well, you We know, haven't quite gotten to that point.
2: Right. So let them let take a chance at it and, and see why not. So anyway, these guys were really fun. It's a fun interview. They have another movie out. It's from 2011 called Strings. And it's more of a dark noir type movie, at least for the first half. And okay. then they tell, me, they tell me the second half is more like a love story. And I'm like, you, there's no possible way. <laughs> 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 it's like someone telling me that the next chapter of my life is going to be a love story. It's like, there's no possible way. <laughs> so, Aww, uh, there's, there's There's a couple possible ways, but uh, we're not getting into that today. Anyway, Time Trap in theaters for very limited run, five markets, I believe, on November 2nd, and then out on digital later in November. Please watch it. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And check out our Facebook page to watch a trailer of the movie.
1: Yeah. And if you see it, let us know what you think. Drop us a line.
2: This episode of Stuck in the is brought to you by Robinhood. Really? <laughs> Actually, Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. Robin Hood's goal is to take money from the rich and give it to the poor. No, I'm sorry. Robin Hood's goal is to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. Oh, I get it now. That makes sense. How do they uh-huh. do that? How does Robin Hood do this? By enlisting the help of their Moorish friend and attacking the sheriff of Nottingham. Uh, wait, wait, or, you're crossing the streams again. Actually how they do it is by offering an easy to use, well designed app that makes sense and is easy to use for people of our age. And the cost's super low. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade. Robinhood does not charge commission fees. Hmm. It doesn't even have a fake English accent. So, Anyway, with Robinhood, you learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. And you discover new stories and track your favorite companies with a personalized news feed. So what are you waiting for? Here's the deal. This is the takeaway. Robinhood is giving stuck in these listeners a free stock... Like Apple Ford or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at stuck.robinhood.com. That's stuck.robinhood.com. Investing has never been so stress free. You know what else is stress free, my friend Brad? The The Seggies. that must be the mystical theme song that is the theme song to our segment about theme songs. Whoa. that's getting part deep about, here. I know. Maybe How like many that years last... just passed? <laughs> yeah. 900. <laughs> or for my liver, 1,200. Oh. Uh... Uh, anyway, you know this segment, we play a snippet of a theme song from an 80s TV show. You're much more sharp on this show than I am this week. This is not going to be the one where people say, tell me that story again about... Your About the time, snafu. Yeah. with yeah. the
1: stuff and the thing. Right,
2: exactly. Uh, we'll play a snippet of a TV theme song. If you get it right, you're into a drawing for a bottle opener. Usually this is the part where I stumble around and pretend like I don't know that our swag is a bottle opener. Yeah, that's okay. Insert stumbling around here. Oh, by the way, I didn't tell you this. I bought some new swag today to give away on the 80s cruise.
0: Oh, yeah? Nice. As,
2: as prizes. They're little miniature arcade games. I bought one for Galaga... Pac-Man and Space Invaders. Excellent. So if you were on the cruise and we came up with a new thing this week cuz we were telling people on Facebook about how we had these prizes and, and people were like, you know we don't really like the participation questions because oh, only you know, one
1: person gets the point."
2: Only one person gets the point. I'm like, "Well, how about we just give a prize?" And no one had a problem with that, so.
1: Well, yeah, that it's it's like out of, you know, it's out of sequence. It's just it's yes. like a side game. Right. It's a side it's hustle.
2: A, yeah, it's a side hustle. That's a phrase in itself these years. Anyway, pay attention. Here was the clip from our last show. That's LA Law. Brad, did you watch the show in the 80s?
1: Uh, No. I did. I, I do it. remember it someone fun. dies falling down an elevator shaft.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember That's who. A,
1: pretty much all I know about it, and Susan Day <laughs> was on it.
2: Oh, and Jimmy Smits. Who and was some later guy be- named Mark. <laughs> some guy named Mark. That's great. <laughs> I can't believe we've been doing a show about the 80s for 13 years, and it all boils down to some guy named Mark.
1: Some guy named Mark.
2: <laughs> Anyway, uh, why don't you read the winners? Some of the winners. all Some of the winners
1: this week. (laughs) I'm going to read every dang winner I had an email from. Winners this week include Tim and Toad Suck, John Cluxton, Dave Augie August, Anonymous Dave, who apparently is not the same person as Dave Augie August, but they emailed pretty much right on top of each other. Not suspicious at all. Get yourself (laughs) together there, Dave Nation. Tommy Doucette, Alan Titus, Brock in North Dakota, Canuck in Colorado, John Demaca, Dale from Portland, Edward in El Paso, Charles from Yorktown, PA, Nate Chops Johnson, Matt Kimber, Peter Ryan, Kevin of the Wenches, Gale in DC, Alejandro Sticks, Cardoso Solis from Tijuana, Mexico, Anne in Northern California, Anfield, Albert Anaya, Brian Pon, and last but not least, Eric in Cincinnati.
2: Why don't you spin that wheel of fun, and let's see who gets a free uh, bottle opener. And looks like it's going to land on Anonymous Dave, if that is your real name. (laughs) (laughs) Send us your postal address. He says with a little contempt, postal address. No, I'm fine. I should call up. I should stop saying snail mail. That's lazy. And uh, we'll get that right out to you. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's Mystery TV theme song. Fist don't fly in the kitchen. If you know it, email us at podcast at S-I-T-S dot com and tune in in a couple of weeks to find out if you're a winner. In the meantime, don't forget Time Trap coming out into theaters on November 2nd, later on in November on digital. I think you're going to really like it. The last five minutes alone is worth the price of admission. Right, Brad? I am
1: on on board with that.
2: (laughs) You betcha. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, And in the meantime, uh, the filmmakers of Time Trap, Brad and myself, we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s.
1: Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.